Good evening. Welcome to Glory Prophetic School. Friends online, welcome this evening. It's so great to have you with us. I apologize for our later start this evening, just five minutes. Um, we've had some technical difficulty tonight, and so I apologize um, again that we've started late and that you haven't seen Nick and Cherie yet. So do not fear. They are well and truly on their way, and they will take you through your activations later this evening. So welcome. We're so glad, excuse me, that you're with us. And we're going to have a really great night this evening. Thank you, everyone, for coming out to week seven of our prophetic school. I can't believe we're in week seven. Wild, right? Oh, a special shout out to our friends from Kingdom Hope Church down on the Gold Coast here tonight with us, who've been with us for the school. We're Stoked to have had you join us. So thanks for being here. And thank you also, of course, to all of you for being here. Like I said, week seven um, of eight. And who enjoyed last week with Beck? Oh, yes. What a great, great, great night. I know it would have been. I apologize I wasn't here. My little Captain Oates, as we like to call him, Otis, um, was unwell. Um, But I missed you all. And so I'm stoked to be here tonight. And rounding out next week... Um, with Pastor Catherine Ranala, and you're going to love it. Um, we've got a great night in store. So thanks for hanging in with us. It's just been, you've been like an awesome group um, to teach. So just thank you for, um, yeah, your willingness to learn and being all in with the activations. It really makes a difference when you're teaching. Um, so we really appreciate, yeah, your desire to learn and grow. So it's been wonderful. Um, I'm excited for tonight. Now I promised you plants, Right. Yes, back in week one, I promised you plants. I, I brought them with me, not, not in the natural, obviously, um, but on screen. So Ash is going to give me a little sign um, when they're available and ready to show you. And if you remember, um, I was telling you the story of how my happy plant wasn't the ha- experiencing the happiest of days. And um, before I let it be put out to pasture... Um, I said I was going to keep it and speak life over it and de- believe and declare it would come forth. And, um, and of course, its branches multiplied and it's beautiful. And so I have a before and after shot for you, three months, almost to the day um, of before and after. And actually, I'm, oh, I realized I was missing like one photo because we did like take it back to the bare minimum. And so it's looking particularly ghastly. We don't have a photo of that. But that's Okay. Um, And then you'll see very shortly what the Lord's done. But I'm going to get into it tonight. Um, Of course, we're speaking about one of my favorite subjects, actually, um, and that's prayer and intercession. And why prayer is significant and intercession is significant when it comes to prophecy is that you can't separate the two. I think it's really interesting when people um, really want to learn prophecy, but a kind of think that or tend to distance themselves from prayer or think like, oh, that's for the intercessors or I'll leave it to someone else and that's not a gift on my life. But the reality is uh, that if you, uh, you're called to hear the voice of the Lord, you're called to a life of prophecy, which means you're called to a life of prayer uh, because prayer is where we outwork our prophetic words. Prayer is like prophecy. Prayer is like the fuel in the prophetic car. So you can't, you can't actually, it enables you to get to your desired 
destination when you actually pray the word that you've received from the Lord. So it's wonderful to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit. I love that. We are so encouraged when we get prophetic pictures and understanding and Lord, that's what you're saying. But if I just leave it at that, I'm actually robbing, um, I'm not robbing anyone, but there's a I can actually use the word for power. The, the, the word is spirit and life. His rhema word is effective for change. And so if I don't actually use the word to declare a thing and see it exist and pray and go to war until I feel like something move or the burden lift, I'm actually almost making the word null and void. And it's just something that warmed my ears for a few minutes. And it's like, it's like this prophetic promise, like just the heart of God. It would almost be like me giving someone a gift and then like not allowing them to open it. Like, we talk about that a little bit when it comes to revelation and interpretation, but it's also when it comes to prophetic and prayer. If I just receive a word and then don't do anything with it, I'm not activating the power that the Lord has released, wants to release through it. Does that make sense? And so you absolutely have um, a place in prayer with the Lord to be a good steward of what you receive and how you're a good steward of what you receive is by going to war with the word. And so we're going to talk about that tonight and then get further into prayer. Before we do though, I believe they have the happy plant for me. So I hope we have the first dead looking version. <laughs> um, before, to begin with, oh, there it is in the center. No, the other one. Hey. There she is, and she, this is when she was beautiful, and my husband wanted to get rid of her. And so we, it had, t- like, literally, it almost looked like ears, two, like, shooting sprouts, and we cut them back after this, and so it was literally, like, two stumps, these, like, two little stumps on this centered tree stump. So we prayed it, loved it to life, and now this is what she looks like. Isn't that amazing? And so you can see these two are the originals. See how the top's flat? That's where we cut it off. And then it began to, well, it sprouted these, but then it sprouted additional little branches there when before it was only coming out of the top. Isn't that amazing? So that's my happy plant. She makes me happy. And soon it'll like go up and over. Speaking words of life is good. Anyway, that was fun, wasn't it? So, prophecy, prayer. You cannot separate prayer from prophecy. And it's in the place of prayer that we receive prophecy. It's in the place of his presence that we hear his holy heart for a situation, for a people group, for a nation, for a organization. That's where we receive prophetic insight from the Holy Spirit on how to pray, on how to deal with a situation when we don't know what to do. And through the insight of the Holy Spirit. And then when he gives us a prophetic word, it's not only like, oh, I know what to do now, but it's also, I know how to pray now. And there's the power in the word. Because it's spirit and life, and so there's longevity in it, and it sustains and produces life. It's awesome. So it's the fuel in the car. Prayer is the fuel in the car of your prophetic word. And you're prophetic because you pray. You're prophetic because you pray. It's out of the place of prayer, out of the place of intimacy, out of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that the prophetic in you flourishes. 
It's not the other way around. In Matthew 21, 13, you'll be aware of the story, Jesus in the temple, and he, he clears it out and he quotes Isaiah. And he says, my house is to be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves or a, a den of robbers. But that first statement, my house is to be a house of prayer for all nations. And because of the magnificent blood of Jesus, as he was nailed to the cross and the veil of the temple was torn in two, it signified an entryway and an opening, direct access into the Holy of Holies. And now you who confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour have been baptised into his death, burial and resurrection and you become the temple of the living God. You become the... Emmanuel, God with us, God in us, the one in whom the Holy Spirit has found his home and his place. Therefore, you, my friend, my house is to be called a house of prayer for the nations. This temple, not made by human hands, we are the ones who are called to be the place of prayer. The house of prayer isn't a room that's reserved at the back of the church for meetings every now and then where the intercessors come to pray. No, you are the house of prayer for the nations. So that means that when you're on your way to work, that means when you're putting the clothes on the line, when you're tucking the kids in bed, when you're getting those rooms with the Lord that Beck was talking about a couple of weeks ago, those moments with Jesus, you can actively engage with the Holy Spirit, recognizing that I'm called to be at prayer at all times. I'm called, that is, to be in communion and aware of who Holy Spirit wants to be right now at all times. In Him, I live and move and have my being. And I fix my gaze and position my heart towards Him. When I get up in the morning, I get up in my spirit every day. And I get on the offense every day. And so I position myself to live according to the Spirit. Since we, Beck said it, since we live in step by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We're already living according to another realm, another kingdom. And so let's like allow this physicality, this human experience that I'm having to line up with that Spirit and that realm. And so that means that, again, I'm positioned to be a house of prayer wherever I go, wherever I am, and whoever I'm with. Does that make sense? And if you people ask me, like, how did you learn to prophesy? Or like, what's your top tip? For prophecy, and I feel like I've already given you a top tip. Here's another top tip. Um, Prayer. (laughs) Through prayer, because you get to know God. That's what it was. It's time spent with Him. You get to, you understand His holy heart. You understand who He is. When you spend time with people, you see how they respond in a, a variety of situations. And so you spend time with Him when life is happening, not just to you, but to the earth, to the, your family, to your community around you, and you see how He responds in those situations. Immovable, unshakable, full of hope and promise for a bright-filled future, right? And then you become discipled into that way of operating and believing, and praying, and then, of course, prophesying. So you develop his heart for mankind. God is a good God, and if we are convicted of that when it comes to prayer, that's what will come out when you prophesy. The conviction of his goodness towards people. I know we touched on that in the first week, but it's important to remember as we recognize, okay, prayer is like the engine room of what I do in prophecy. 
Have you ever noticed, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but no, I won't get ahead of myself. I'll stay on track. Okay. (laughs) So here's a question that is important to answer, and this isn't in your notes, so this one's for free. What do we actually do with a prophetic word once we've received it from the Lord? Because if you receive a promise from God individually, if you receive a promise from God corporately or for a nation, like I said, even for like a church body or your local church, what do you actually do with it? If you're anything like me, like I intentionally practice prophecy every day. That's a lot of prophetic words. Like that's seven words a week at least, right? And so how do you steward all those words without like just letting it like willy-nilly fall to the ground? Well, ah, like Paul instructs Timothy, you wage war. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you wage the good warfare. And so you may receive intel from the Holy Spirit and you release it corporately and that's awesome. But I would encourage you, don't leave it there. If you feel like, um, I love, obviously I love this house and I look after the prophetic ministry here and we have protocols here that make prophecy really safe and really accessible for everybody and I love it. And because of that, we do put time limits on things so that when prophetic words are given, they're done in an orderly fashion and so that people can receive from the Lord. The, the Lord is very practical, isn't he? It's amazing. And he's this wild, untamed God. He's also very much a God of order. He's incontrollable, yet the kingdom even understands authority. It's amazing, right? Anyway, and so... I can't do justice in 90 seconds for what he shows me here on a Sunday. It's just impossible because of how vast and how big and how great he is. And because prophecy is subject to the prophet, I stop because I'm honoring the authority of the house, the leadership of the house, and I know I have 90 seconds. So that's about time for one revelation, one scripture, a prayer and a declaration. I've noticed, and then I hop down. I usually land in, this is crazy, because I practice this intentionally. I usually land between 55 and 65 seconds. But if I get a word, you guys, you know, that is like moving and shaking kingdoms and angels are being released and people are being aligned into destiny. I'm not just going to leave that on the platform. God, you said. And I allow that to drive my vision for the week and embolden my faith and fill me with courage and hope. And so on Monday morning, I remind him, God, this is what you said. This is what you believe about your people. When I'm, if it's for the church, I, when I'm praying, because it says in Timothy to pray for my leaders, when I'm praying for my leaders, Lord, this is what you said this week about them. This is what, you'd, how you, what you have for us as a family. If I'm praying for the nation, even if I don't agree with the leaders, I'm called to pray for them. Lord, this is the promise that you have for them this week. God, give them wisdom. I mean, wow, they're like, how awesome to bless them with our prayers, right? With our faithful prayers. It's so cool. So you go to war with the word. 
And personally, so these are for the words you receive personally. I take it one step further. I am, well, I write down everything because I can't help myself. And my husband actually said to me this week, do you think maybe you should go electronic with like the writing down of things? But I'm like, oh, I just love paper and like writing down everything he says. And sometimes it's a lot, you know. And anyway, it's a story for another day. Point of it is that have you ever received a word that is so like, it, you know, it's written from, it's been read from the days ordained for your life? People know what I'm talking about? All the days ordained, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So I can get a prophetic word for someone that just speaks to their situation they're in right now, sets their heart free, unlocks something for them, positions them into victory, and that's glorious. That's awesome. I celebrate that. We do that every day. Like that's your bread and butter. We do that every day in prophecy. There are also times, however, when I'm in the middle of a vortex, literally, and it's actually quite painful, to be honest. Physic- it's not painful, it's the wrong word, uncomfortable for me to be living inside of this. And he is, when I know like angels have been sent to aid this person in their assignment because it's time for the days ordained. Right? And so if things are out of alignment, it'll just rip them into alignment beautifully. And that feels good, doesn't it? Right? Like if you're out of alignment and a chiropractor puts you back in place, it's nice, right? It's actually good because you're malfunctioning. Right? And you just get them on track. It's like holy scaffolding. It's awesome for him to build what he wants to do. Those kind of words, and then you get, you like, they encounter the Holy Spirit, like, and there's snot, and there's tears, and it's laughter, and it's beautiful. It's a sign and a wonder, because prophecy is a sign and a wonder. It's supernatural that I can know your past, present, and future, and what you're thinking right now without you having told me anything about it previously. Like, I think we get, like, familiar. Like, you guys, that's impossible in the natural, Right? And then I write, tell you about your destiny and like the one <laughs> who knew you before the foundation of the world. Wow, like you're born out of the heart of God and he's like giving us insight. So you've got to be so careful when you pray for people like you're the apple of his eye, you know, these beautiful people that we're ministering to as we, oh, hello, minister to one another. Anyway. One of those words, if I receive one of those words that are like, change life as you know it, right? Anybody? Yes? Awesome. Those words. (laughs) I wage war with those words a lot. And so I wouldn't just then go and write them in in, in a, pray them once, write them in a book and put them away. That's fine. But I'm gonna get an audio recording of that. And I'm going to play it over and over and over until I know it off by heart. And I told my students at the academy the week before last um, that I was given a prophetic word uh, when I was 20 years old and I know it off by heart still. That was 13 years ago. Because I played it over and over and over again because it literally shifted the trajectory of my life, of my career, of the city I was going to live in. It moved everything reorientated me in the most fabulous way and I'm living in the fruit of it now 
right? And still, I'm like, and still on it. I still declare that word, right? Didn't I? Because I've like taken a hold of it. It's spirit and life. And he's promised it and it's in his book. It's mine to enjoy. And so I'm going to feast on it. So you might like to get it in your ears. But what I like to do is to build a wall of promise. Not an actual physical wall. It's a wall I have already built <laughs> in my house. It's part of the house. I didn't just chuck in an extra wall, you know, but if, however you feel it. Um, and what I've done, if you look, on, there's a wall in my room. And this year, 2022, and I have the different parts of my life mapped up and the words that God has given to me, significant words in each of them. And they're also for the year. He gives me a now word, right? He gives you a now word for the year you're in. He gives you a now word on your birthday because he's beautiful like that, right? But there are words that I'm believing for because you said God, and I get them in front of me and I make daily declarations with them. And I tell my spirit what to believe and I activate myself and attach it to a realm where this word exists. It's true. He said it. It's available for me. And then I just keep believing. And then I tick things off throughout the year. As he who has promised is faithful and brings things to pass. It's awesome. There are some things that will never come off the wall because they're an ongoing things I'm believing for my children, calling forth even over my marriage with my husband. I'm the perfect wife because I am for him. And because of what Jesus has done, I've actually been made righteous and pure and holy, so I am perfect before him. It's a story for another day. But it's true. And so we just believe it and we wage war with it and pray it and go again and go again. Mm. All of my family members radically love Jesus. Currently, not all of my family members radically love Jesus. I'm calling things that be not as though they were because that's a promise he gave to me. All of my children love Jesus and are rising and shining every day. My body defaults to health and the perfect blueprint that Jesus made for my life when he built my body. Every day. How are you feeling today? Oh, not bad. That will never come out of me. Because I'm convicted, despite how I'm feeling, about what he said. Anyway, Pastor Catherine will talk a little bit about that kind of thing next week. So we wage war with the words spoken over us. When he is, when through the prophetic word, he has ignited us with hope, right? We attach ourselves to it because that's our promised land, right? And then we believe it and we go after it and we pray it and we declare it and we build declarations and We believe it and we declare it and we go after it and we pray it and we pray it and we believe it and we go after it and we declare it until we are walking in the promised land. Do not become weary in well-doing for at the proper time you will reap a harvest. If what? Anyone? If you do not give up. 
Having done all to stand, stand. So good. So once you've received a prophetic word, you weigh it biblically, recognize whether it's from the Lord or not, and then you attach your faith to it and you establish it in prayer. Because then that's you begin to build your place of authority. And as you receive your promise and your answer, and you receive your promise and your answer, you actually take ground in that area. Does that make sense? Sense? So when a person will say to me, okay, I have a friend, right? She's very, very passionate about praying for, the Queen, for Queensland and for the government, and I love it, and it's wonderful. And she goes on prayer assignments and walks with Jesus and loves the state, and it's just fantastic, right? Don't hear what I'm not saying. Whew. But if I decided one day that I was going to have a meeting and pray for Queensland, who do you think I'm going to want to have there? Why? Because it's a land that she has tread. It's a land that she's lived in. It's a land that she has faith for. It's a land that she walks in promise for. And so that means when it's time to pick up the sword, I want someone who knows how to wield it. Because she's been there before. She's tracked this terrain. She's marked out this place. That's why your victory in prayer is so significant for other people. My husband and I couldn't have babies, right? <laughs> now we have like three healthy, perfect, beautiful kids. It's amazing. Right? So what do you think my position is? Send me all of the women who want to have babies. Right? And even before I was pregnant with, with my, my own, own we, we love, love to, to pray, pray for, for um, the, the unborn. unborn. So we're just pro-life in every sense of the word in this house. And so we're always just praying for the babies and praying for women and supporting women who want to keep their children. It's magnificent, right? And so back before I had children, I worked. I mean, I work for the good Lord now. Um, but I, I worked in a corporate job. And there were other ladies in the office who couldn't have kids and who wanted to have babies, right? And had been trying to have babies and it had been a little bit of time and so one day I was, we had gone out for dinner one night and one of the girls was just expressing for me her desire. And so I was just really bold and I said, I'd love to pray for you. And God will heal, like I believe God wants to heal or bring forth your baby. Because that's like if you desire, if you have a desire in your heart, I believe that that's what he's put that desire in you for, to have kids. And she was like, okay. So I prayed for her. And of course, in time, she fell pregnant, right? And since then, she's had three kids, which is really cool. And we're still, um, we haven't worked together for six years now, um, but we're still like friends online, you know, and say hello. So another time I prayed for a girl when we had gone out for coffee, and by this stage, I had had Lucy, and she wanted to have babies too. Anyway, when she fell pregnant few months later, announced to the world, I wrote, that's so wonderful, congratulations, you know, of course. And she said to me, and this is like, non these are non-believers yet, right? On her public page, um, thank you so much for the car park prayer. And then the original girl commented and said, oh my gosh, I got one of those as well. 
right, and testified that now she has a baby. And then she goes, if anybody wants to have a baby, you should talk to Sarah. And I commented, I said, oh yes, send me everybody. Right? And so like, all these random people. Awesome. Like, I love it, right? And we pray for it and we just go after it. Even babies in the womb who are like at risk. And we pray and we believe God and we believe God and we believe God. Right? And if we don't win, what do we do? We believe for the next one. And we believe and we believe and we believe and we believe God. And we take the authority, we take the ground because we have seen shifts and we stand on the promises. Oh, I'm like, my stories are, I feel a little bit outdated tonight. But there is a sister, a sister of people who go here, young adult couple who are married, who have a son. She has daughters who are seven-year-old, now twins. And when they were in her womb, one of them was taking the sustenance of the other twin. Right? And they were just like, it's not going to, one's not going to make it. Right? They are both very much alive. And well and healthy today. And so I want to encourage you then. Hmm. When you've willed, when you've, in the place of prayer, when you've stood and stood, even if you feel like you've lost, I want to encourage you that Jesus Christ has already won the victory for you. So you can't lose if you've already won. And you may lose, as in lose, you, perhaps this round didn't go the way that you wanted it to go, but I want to encourage you, perhaps you're taking ground today for other people to walk into victory tomorrow. Moses, he didn't stand in the promised land, but he did all that he could to make sure Israel would. And so even if perhaps you don't inherit the promise personally, I want to encourage you, if he promised it, it's for you. It's as good as done. Amen. So you have the victory then. You level up. You own it in the spirit. When that thing then comes to try and rob and steal, you know we've been here before and we know how to win. Victory in prayer. So I was talking about receiving personally prophetic, personal prophetic words. So what I do is I write them out. I, like I said, I build um, daily declarations. I get them in front of me. And then um, and ones that line up with other keywords, I will put up as well. And so then I get a full view of, well, a full view of what I know up to now. Like, I wouldn't want to be so narrow-minded that I think I know everything it has for my life. Like, no way! Woo! There is much terrain to conquer. Okay. So you can do that, though, for not just yourself. You can do that for your family, for, like I said, your church family, corporation or your business, a government, even a nation, your nation. Did you know that there are people... Who, from other nations doing the school online? How awesome is that? So you can do it from, for your nation too. <sighs> Lord, what are you saying? Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. That's what I believe. That's what I call her. When everything looks in opposition to it, 
when things are legislated that are opposed to the way God would have us live. Great Southland of the Holy Spirit is still our response. Not like, that's it, it's all over. Run for the hills. No, having done all to stand, we stand. Faithful in prayer. Courageous, full of hope unwilling to move. So like I said, we pray from the position of victory. Well, I didn't say this yet. I said Jesus Christ has won the battle. So you can't lose if you've already won. So then we pray from the position of victory, not for victory. So I've already, Jesus Christ has already overcome He beat death and the grave. Everything else falls under that category, right? Like if death is the biggest loss you can get, he conquered that. So everything is then is movable before the Lord. (laughs) You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's the victory that we operate from. That's the perspective that we look from. And I often tell people, um, what do I often tell them? All good things. I often tell them that if they come to me and they're like, oh, this, this, and this, I don't know how to do that, or I'm sensing this, and it's all negative. And I said, don't, like, you didn't need to stop. <laughs> it can be pretty forward sometimes. You need to not go there right now because if you try to touch this, all like there's not a whole lot of faith coming out of your mouth right now. So I would encourage you get your remind yourself who you are, get back up in your seat, take on the place of faith and authority that you have in Jesus, and it's wonderful now that you've already that you're you've identified what's happening and perhaps where the enemy's trying to come against you. Great. But if you pray right now, you're praying out of misery and out of the mud. So get back up in your chair. Get in the place of victory. Let the joy of the Lord strengthen you again. Feast on who He is and your promises for you. And then deal with the mess. And you'll be a whole lot more effective. And happy too. Remember, it's easy to see what the enemy is doing, but it's even easier to see what God's doing. And it becomes easier to see what the enemy is doing when you get out of your place when you move your position, your perspective. That's why it's easier to see what God's doing because you just look from your chair. <laughs> what a way to live. <clears throat> so again, I want to encourage you, if you don't see the desired outcome, you haven't moved from your place of victory. So you pick up your sword and you go again. I mean, you let him love you. He's a kind God. He, like, and when one hurts, we all hurt, right? Okay. Oh, but uh, like, you'll just never be able to convince me that this nation's greatest days are behind her. That's rubbish. And so, like I said, they can legislate whatever they like. And it's irrelevant because we don't live according to this world system. Remember, we live by the Spirit. Let's keep in step with what heaven says about this land. 
and feast on those promises. We keep believing. We don't allow our experiences to define who we are or who he is. Lost, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to try again. Didn't go well. I guess God's not for me or God's forgotten me. Like, I, don't have, I actually don't have time for that. <laughs> I like, literally don't have time. But I don't have time for that. The, like, the world needs Christ in you, the hope of glory. The world doesn't have time for you to stay in your pity party. Like you just got to get up and go again. Like my heart has been broken, right, before. Right? When I miscarried a baby again. Right? Do you know what he said to me? Sarah, you have to believe. So what do we do? We pick up and we go again, convicted. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The great that every promise to me is yes, uh, yes and amen. I am the joyful mother of many children. Great will be, no, many will be the peace of your children and great will be their exploits. You said it, God, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And you go after it and you refuse to move. Why? Because I had a promise that he had given me in prayer. (laughs) And through prophecy that we hear what the Lord has for us, for our cities. It's never just about us. That's why I'm like, for our cities, for our school, for our university, for our workplace. No one's too far gone. No situation's too difficult for God. For our boss. There's an area in your life that you feel dissatisfied about or feels like, God, where are you moving there? Get in the place of prayer. Find out what he's saying. Get a word from the Lord. Get a promise. Go to war with it. Keep it in front of you and stand on it until you see something move. Until you see the promise fulfilled. You're more powerful than you realize, I think, sometimes. We're more powerful than we think. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. That's a whole lot of power. For signs, for wonders, for miracles, but also to align people and nations through prayer. So, only thing really, like that's the most effective thing you can do, is to be in the place of prayer, beholding His face. I see who you are, and it reminds me who I am, and my heart's enlightened with promise that you have about the situation. And that's where I live from. That's the reality that I go after until I'm walking in my promise. Amen? So good. He's so good. He's amazing. How am I going for time? Oh, good. Hmm. So our mandate through prayer then. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is the crux of it, on earth 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I missed a whole bunch then. On earth as it is in heaven. I love this thing that Bill Johnson says. Jesus never taught on unanswered prayer because he didn't have any. Jesus never taught on unanswered prayer because he didn't have any. And we build theologies and mindsets around why things didn't happen or did happen that is so skewed. And I, and I understand that people are trying to look for a place to put their pain. Like, I get it. I understand the process and why people land what they land. But if you're convicted and know who he is because you've spent time with him and you've seen him on a variety of different occasions, you know how he would respond in this situation so you can have faith for it. And so then you don't end up saying things like, uh, I, I haven't received my healing because God's teaching me a lesson through this. It's not true. It's not who he is. And we make these theologies around it that paint a bad picture of who the father is. And then we tell people who don't know him about it. When the blind man came, sorry, yes. When parents, sorry, brought the man who was born blind. They said, who sinned that this man was born blind? Right? Like, who sinned? What happened? What did you do? What curses on you? Come on now. Seriously. Jesus Christ broke every curse, by the way. This is that God would be glorified, Jesus said, and then he heals the man. Okay. We need to know who he is. Time spent with him. It's what I started week one on. It's what I started tonight on. Have to know who he is. It's time in his presence and it's time in prayer that we get to know him. We see what he's like. We see how he responds. We understand him. And we're discipled as we read the word into all truths with the washing and renewing of the mind of the washing of the word. That's why you have to be in it every day. That's why we have to live according to the Spirit, and keep in step with it, because you're not of this world. So then you live, operate differently, and then, of course, in the place of prayer as well. So it's like the most exciting place. If you thought it was, like, dull or reserved for the elderly ladies at the back who do the shakamahandes on Thursday mornings, like, happy day for you, Right? By the way, we have an awesome Thursday morning prayer meeting and some of those women are my favorite people in the world, right? Because they've understood <laughs> the power in prayer. Pastor Catherine said here a couple of years ago, if we understood the victory that we have in prayer, we'd certainly spend a lot more time doing it. That's not what she said. This is what she said. We'd see a lot more answers to prayer if we spent more time asking instead of complaining. We'd see a lot more prayers answered if we actually asked the Lord 
for his heart for a matter. Ask the Lord what he wants to do in a situation. Ask the Lord to give us hope and courage for prayer as opposed to just telling everybody what a terrible day I'm having and how difficult the situation is. I'm not downplaying that things are difficult like I live on earth as well. Okay? (laughs) Right? But I am convicted of a greater realm. Absolutely. And I've experienced like the thrill, the ecstasy of victory and the agony of defeat. Right? I remember the best day of my life, which feels like pretty much every day, to be honest. And I remember the worst day of my life. And I experienced God to be exactly the same on both of those. He doesn't rise and fall with the tides of life. It's consistent, steadfast, secure rock that you build your life on is foundation. And then we pray from there. Woohoo! Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus Christ, his life is our example. He's not the exception. A theology any lesser than that is an insult to the blood of Jesus. Truly, he's our example on how to live. And so again, when it doesn't go the way I planned, where else would I go? You alone hold the keys of eternal life. And so we get up and we go again. And we get up and we believe again. And in the place of intimacy... He teaches us how to wield the sword. We go to war with his promises over us. We go to war with the prophetic words spoken. And with the convicted that his words are spirit and life. And that the realm of the spirit is more real than this realm. So we live according to that from that place. Catherine Kuhlman used to say, The Holy Spirit is more real to me than you are. And that's how we're all called to live. Convicted of that reality and that perspective that he is the greatest influence here. And there used to be like this lie that when I was a kid that I'd hear people say. It was like, oh, you can't be like too heavenly minded or you're no earthly good, right? It's total rubbish because the only way you're in any earthly good is by being totally, completely heavenly aware. Because that's when you get his solutions. That's when you get his insight. And we have access, you guys, to all creative genius and innovation and understanding. Like, woo, let's live from that realm. And I had a scripture and it just fell out of my head. It was a really good one. (laughs) But it's true. Oh, what does it say? To be earthly or carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Like, we want to be life and peace-minded people, right? Yes. So I'm going to wrap this up in a minute. But I want to pray for you first. Excuse me. Because when I was praying for tonight, I actually felt like um, that the Lord wanted to heal some hearts from disappointment tonight. Because I know that sometimes, you know, a, a teaching like this can, you want to believe it, but if you've experienced a loss or a great loss, sometimes it can be hard to, I guess, feel like you can get yourself in, back into the place of faith. And that's what I want to help you with tonight. Because the reality is he promises to make all things work together for your good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he doesn't change. And I feel to share this with you really briefly. After my first miscarriage, I said to Jesse, my husband, was leading a home group that we were having in our home at the time. Now, go with me in the story because if the first response doesn't quite make sense, so you just go with me for a little bit. He said, we're going to pray and we're going to talk to the Lord and we're going to ask him anything you want. And by this stage, like, I was just an absolute mess. And um, I live in a very different theology now than I did then, so that helps a lot. Um, But I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to ask God. I was still, like, just totally grieving, right, counting, like, how long, far along I'd be. And I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to ask God. Like, I'm ready. So Jesse goes, okay, and me being the faithful wife, you know, okay, ask the Lord your question. And I was just like, God, I never call him God like that, you know. I'm like, Father, I don't think I said God. I said, Lord, why did my baby die? This was his response. Now come with me. He said, so I can show you how good I am. And at the time I was like, what? And I felt the Lord say, well, he revealed to me, I didn't cause your baby to die, but through this you were going to recognize and see the fabric and the nature of a good God who only has great things in store for your future. And since that point, like, you cannot convince me. Like, I would die on a hill, on that hill, that God is good. Like, the way I'm convicted of who he is now, through that circumstance, whoo, my experience and my understanding of the realm of the spirit is, was like instrumental to how the way I operate today. I had an encounter with my baby in heaven and it was unreal. And he was like 16 year old about, um, and of course he looked exactly like my husband. I felt like he was a boy anyway. And um, I used to play quite a lot, of, a bit of touch football. I'm like, Jesse and I fell in love playing football, but it's true. And, um, your old mate says, gets a bit, um, what's the word when you're competitive? Competitive. Anyway, we were playing touch football in heaven together. And he scored on me in the corner. And I was so angry and so thrilled at the same time. I was like, man, he's good. And every now and then, still some, you know, it talks about like the heavenly hosts, right? Even some mornings I still wake up and I just hear like this, you got that. 
come on, mom. I'm like, no, he's cheering for me. It's awesome. Can't wait to meet him. But I became convicted about the goodness of God through what at to that point had been the most tragic experience of my life. And just the things that, like the kisses of his kindness, I like to call them, the things that he does for you that no one knows, the things that you don't even, don't even come out of your mouth, right? They're just little moments in your heart of like, oh, Lord, wouldn't that be amazing if, and then he does it for you. My awareness of who he was has held me in good stead, even to this day of things that I've been believing for for over 10 years now. And it feels like in the natural, we've seen zero progress. <laughs> like nada, nothing. I'm like, no, I know that you're good. And I remind myself of the, the promise of God. It's on my wall in great detail what he's going to do. And I just keep believing. I just keep believing. Does that make sense? I want to make sure that I explain that well. I don't know what if his response well. Is everyone okay with that? I'm not saying that like God did not kill my baby. Right? But according to Romans 8, 28, he promised to to make all things work together for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose. And the good that came from that was my conviction around who he is as a good father. Because I have faith for some pretty fabulous and wild and wonderful things. And I have stood and believed for some pretty outrageous and wild and wonderful things. And I have led people into the charge for some pretty wild and outrageous and wonderful things. And I have lost. <laughs> on more than one occasion, right? But I'm convicted of who he said he is and that his promises for me are yes and amen. So I remind myself of that and I allow that to fuel my hope, to fuel my faith, to believe again and to go after it again. And even convicted that if I don't see it in my lifetime, that this is your promise, So it becomes then a promise to generations. That's not a cop-out by any stretch of the imagination. I want my feet on that promised land, right? But I'm convicted that he's a good God and that one day someone will inherit that land. And so then I'll give my heart every day, no matter what it costs me, to see it established. Amen? All right, so let me pray for you. Oh, we love you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you here tonight. Father, I thank you for each person in the room. I thank you for each person online. Lord, for those watching back later on. God, tonight we choose to believe that you are good. We make a choice tonight to believe that you are good. We make a choice tonight to take you at your word. You know what, sometimes we tell ourselves, like we sing it until we believe it and we like pray it until we believe it and we tell ourselves what to believe. Just like David spoke to his soul and told himself to hope in God. So Lord, tonight we choose to believe that you are good. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to demonstrate 
Just that, that you are for us, not against us. Father, I thank you, Lord. Lord, that you know the need of every heart here tonight. Lord, I thank you that that you're so concerned with their lives, Lord. Lord, that you're intertwined in every promise, in every hope, Lord, in every loss, in every disappointment. And I actually feel, and if this is you, I'm going to speak into a couple of different areas, but I feel like there are some people tonight here, you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. I feel like there are some, I just feel like, oh, I should have, and if I only, and if I would have, and I could have, and like, regret go in Jesus' name. Lord, and we release forgiveness to our own hearts tonight. I should have known better. We just silence that accusing tongue in Jesus' name. And I hear the Lord just saying, I'm Father, I'm the one who knows actually. It's not your responsibility to know better. (laughs) I know better. Thank you, Father. So we forgive ourselves. We release ourselves tonight. We release ourselves from judgment. We even release ourselves from pain and despair in that area in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that you bind up the brokenhearted. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that when we are brokenhearted, you're close to us. And, Lord, so I just speak even now, Lord, I, I like just to that pinpoint of pain in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for your healing balm of Gilead now just to come and restore to come and restore, to come and make whole, to come and make new tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And if you just need to sit in that place for a moment longer, please do so online if you want to stay there. But I also feel like that there's some of you tonight who perhaps you need to forgive God. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before. I know I have at times in the past where I realized I'd actually picked up an offense towards the father because something didn't go the way I thought it would. Hmm. And so, Lord, we even just, it doesn't mean that the father's at fault, but where we've looked for a place to put our pain and where we've put our looking for a place almost for blame to land, like someone has to pay. We just release the Father from that. We release the Father from that. Because if you feel that about him, you'll be hesitant to trust him again. And actually, and I'm saying this because I love you, because it was true of me. When we operate like that, it's actually evidence of a lack of love that we haven't received from the Father. When we're looking for someone to pay, we haven't actually been made, it's like perfect love drives out fear, but like, Fear has to do with punishment. If there needs to be a blame or a point person, it's actually because love needs to be released. 
love needs to be released. So we just like release the Father. Because of course we want to trust Him. And in our desire to understand things and work it all out, God, where we've heaped blame on you, God, we release you from that. And when we just make room for your perfect love in Jesus' name, just to come in again, to come in and restore. (sighs) Thank you. Yes, fear go in Jesus' name. Fear go in Jesus' name. Fear of the future, go in Jesus' name. Any spirit of foreboding, go in Jesus' name. Foreboding is like something bad's like something's bad's gonna happen. I just I have a feeling something bad's gonna happen. Foreboding, it's a spirit. Go in Jesus' name. Despair, go in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that you're restoring, 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 <laughs> restoring, restoring, restoring hope tonight and joy tonight. And there's something about knowing who he is that makes us comfortable in the mystery of things that we don't understand. Because when, we've became, when we become perfected in love, some other things just become irrelevant, to be honest. It's like, oh, I see you. <laughs> doesn't matter, it mean that things aren't important. But it means that they don't hold on or grip us the way that we, they used to. Because we know who he is. Because we know what love has accomplished for us. So I thank you for that, Father. For all of you watching, I thank you for that, Holy Spirit, for your presence just ministering to them, healing them tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that nothing is impossible for you, Lord, and that you're not a man that you would lie, nor the son of man, that you would change your mind. Thank you, Lord. And I just thank you for the courage of each person here just to lay their hearts before you tonight, God. Lord, I thank you for their courage. And I thank you, Lord, that you are just restoring, restoring, restoring. Restoring, restoring. You promised to restore all things stolen to us, even time in Jesus' name. I feel like people are going, yeah, but you can't restore time. I beg to differ. <laughs> He's done, he can, by the way. Yes. So thank you, Lord. You're restoring. And I even feel to say to some of you that it's not over yet. That it's not over yet. And perhaps there's things in you that tonight he's just reawakening again, promises, things that you've just felt like, oh, that's it. They're dead and gone, buried over. I hear the Lord saying, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. And he is just going to spark some of you with courageous faith and hope for the future again in certain areas. He's going to enable you to believe again, enable you to believe again as you continue now to feast on his faithfulness. Woo, on who he is, because nothing's impossible for God.
Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing's impossible for love. And I also just declare to say that you haven't failed. That you haven't failed. Love never fails. And you've operated out of a place of love and hope. You haven't failed. And it actually wasn't your responsibility to make things happen anyway. That's the great thing about faith and a miracle is that it's not of our own doing. So there's nothing you could have done differently or better. (laughs) You just had the privilege of a child to lean back into the arms of your father and let him love you and love you and love you to life and into believing again. In Jesus' name. So I thank you for great hope for the future, Lord. Lord, I thank you for great courage in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for life forevermore. (laughs) For life forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. The great news is, right, that my baby's not actually dead. And I'm not endorsing this movie. I know a lot of Christians like it, and I actually haven't seen all of it, but I am aware of one scene in The Lord of the Rings where there's like, an evil king, but I believe he's under the influence of like a sorcerer or something. And he actually goes to like, he believes his son's dead and he goes to like cremate him. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No, no one's seen it. Good, right? It's good. Um, so, so there's a scene in the movie and so they're about to like, they think it's over. They're about to set fire <clears throat> to him. And one of the little men on adventure... Um, runs into the room and he starts yelling like, he's not dead, he's not dead, he's not dead. Because in fact, the prince, the king's son, wasn't actually dead. And it was actually, I believe, I don't know the story, so maybe it was the work of the sorcerer or maybe he'd been in a battle and they thought he was dead, I don't actually know. But when I was praying then, I was actually reminded of that scene And I felt like that there are some of you and you feel like that you're just ready to torch this thing. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit is breaking into your situation tonight and declaring a word of life over you. That it's not dead. That it's not the end. And even where the enemy perhaps behind closed door, oh, now your girl's ready to prophesy. Where the enemy perhaps behind closed door was trying to do a work that led to death, the Lord is exposing it today and the Holy Spirit. And then I think after that, like the good sorcerer man comes in and helps and I feel like the help of the Holy Spirit's coming to revive even what looks like death to revive what feels impossible and that there's going to be because by the end of it I think the bad guy ends up falling off the edge and dying and so woo, great movie um and so I want to encourage you that it's actually going to turn things for your good and the enemy is the one that is put to shame 
And so I want to encourage you. That's a good word, um, by the way. Um, so I thank you, Father, for that, Lord. Where there's been a decree in death, in Jesus, of death, in Jesus' name, we speak life over bodies, over fine relationships, even over your finances tonight, in Jesus' name, over your children, over people who perhaps haven't come to know the Lord yet. And in Jesus' name, we just release a word of life and hope into that situation. And you, we declare and we tell them to come forth in Jesus' name over every doctor's diagnosis or prognosis in Jesus' name, over old ones, over little ones, over anyone in between. And we will refuse to partner with the word of the enemy in Jesus' name. And we break him and we silence the power right now and we come into agreement with the promise that the Lord is releasing over us tonight and into our situations, into what we thought was over. Lord, I thank You it's not over. And indeed, there is a great turnaround that You're bringing to that situation, to that person, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Awesome. How are you feeling? Good. Thank you for your feedback. Feeling good. Praise God. Who feels... They have new hope. Awesome. Praise God. Me too, actually, for a situation. Isn't that awesome? Because someone had spoken something over a family member of mine, and I realized, like, I'd been believing something, and I realized I'd come into agreement with what they had said, and I was allowing it to undermine my faith for them. I'm just like, no, I don't partner with that spirit of death in Jesus' name. This is what you've declared over them, and I'm believing that in Jesus' name. So good. Praise God. So activations for tonight. Our friends online are going to stay with me for a moment because I'm going to explain to them how we're going to do it because um, we come in all varieties of numbers. And so there are um, bigger groups just like us doing this together, but there, and there are smaller groups doing it, but then there are also individuals and twos and threes doing this. And so we're going to pray together tonight. And it's a li- does anybody remember... Rainbow prophecy, way back in the beginning. So it's like same, same, but different. But we're going to pray for the nation tonight. Woohoo! Or whatever nation um, that you're from. Um, we pray for your nation. And what we're going to do, um, so this is for people who are in large groups, is that we're going to um, just be led by the Lord. So we're going to get, so if you're in a large group, we're going to get into smaller groups, into about groups of four. And then as you're led by the Lord to pray, I just want you to. Go to war with the prophetic word given. So perhaps you feel like, oh, I haven't heard anything personally for Australia. That's fine. Borrow Smith Wigglesworth, right? (laughs) That the final greatest move of God was going to begin in Australia, New Zealand and the islands of the sea. You can declare that. Perhaps you want to declare a a word from Isaiah of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. You can um, borrow that one too if you want. Or perhaps he has shared something with you or a sense you have for the nation and you just want to declare it and believe it and pray it. You can do that. Is everybody with me? Awesome. So that's if you're in a group where you're able to be in small groups of four or more. If you are in a group of three, do it anyway. If you are in a group of two or one, what I would love you to do is actually take the word that the God has given you Get it in front of you. Maybe you, want, maybe you already have it down with paper. Down on paper. If you're like me, it's, you know, everywhere, right? Get it in front of you. And then what I want you to do is 
pray it first and foremost. Well, however the Lord leads you to pray, maybe you'd like to pray in tongues first and, and just incline your ear towards the Spirit, release the Word because the words are like, they don't die. Do you know what I mean? Like the Spirit alive, the Spirit and life. And so you just tap into it anytime. You can go back into the encounter anytime, right? You can go there again. It's a word for another day, right? But if you're like, oh, that was really good. What? Like, I don't remember there. A lot of that, that fruit I tasted of, I'd love to taste of again. Like, just go back, right? So um, pray it. But then what I'd love you to do is actually take the promise of the Lord and build it for your wall of promise. And so get a scripture to go with the prophetic word if you haven't got one already, or perhaps you'd like to get another one. And write, so write down the prophetic word, write down the scripture. Maybe he'll show you something more, something fresh tonight. Write it down. Then I'd love you to build like a declaration from it, calling things that be not as though they are. And um, coupled with your prayer, I reckon we'll all probably finish up around the same time. Sound good? So you can do that though. Build a wall of promise. It's the best. Because you tell your soul what to believe. You're like, it's like a constant faith. That's who you say I am. That's what you say about my future. That's what you say about my kids. That's what you say about the dog. That's what you say about the church, you know, right? And so that was meant to be funny. Um, and so you're praying essentially a, a prayer of agreement with one another, just as the Lord leads you. And so there's no right or wrong way of doing it. Um, and so I will, our friends who are online, feel free to join um, Sheree and Nick, yep, uh, Sheree and Nick, and we'll see you next week. Love ya. And so in the room then, we'll get into our small groups and just pray the word over the nation. What do you reckon? Do you reckon? Mate, I reckon. Sounds good. So the- G'day, everyone. Welcome to the GPS online 2022. We finally made it. The prodigals have returned. Um, I'm Nick and this is Sheree with us and we're going to take you through the activations tonight. So I'm going to hand you over to Sheree to explain what to do uh, if you're on your own or if you're in a pair. All right. So just to reiterate what Sarah, um, I guess, explained about the activation is uh, ask the Lord for a promise um, that he's giving you about your nation or even Australia and then pray that promise out. And what we encourage you to do is also write it out and ask the Lord for the scripture. You might get that while you're praying as well. He might just pop scripture in or a picture for you. So the reason why we've asked you to write it out is that you can highlight the important things. And as Sarah was saying from those words are that you highlight, that's where you can build your declarations from. And so, yeah, we just encourage you to see, keep standing on those declarations until you see it come to pass. So if you're in a group of three or more, uh, encourage you to get into groups of three as best as you can um, and everyone get a promise for your nation. Um, and while the people in pairs or individuals are doing their activation, um, we'll take about 10 minutes. Um, and if you need more time, um, please pause the video, but we'll set the time for 10 minutes and then check back in. Um, so we'd like you all to take turns by pr uh, in praying those promises out while you're in your group. So, yeah, split off into groups of three as best as you can and take turns of in praying those promises out and declaring them and standing with each other. 
So we'll do that for 10 minutes and we'll check back in. But yeah, like I said, if uh, you need more time, feel free to just hit pause on the video and um, you can do it at your leisure. But we'll be right back soon.
Welcome back, everyone. Hope you had an amazing time. Um, look, coming up in the next week, uh, Pastor Catherine is going to be ah, taking us through the last week of the Glory Prophetic School for this year. And it's going to be um, a session entitled Speak Life. Sarah touched on that tonight. So, um, yeah, it's been another uh, session full of revelation, I'm sure. So, I actually had uh, something to share in the intro part of it and we didn't get to do the intro and I actually didn't have anything for the outro to share, but um, like from the word. So, I feel to share it now. And what I felt tonight, um, what the Lord was doing was uh, he was releasing hunger for prayer and like Ephesians 6 says that um, to pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. And James 5.13 says, if any, any of you suffering hardships, you should pray. And I feel like sometimes um, that's not our initial response, but it's such a good reminder to know that, um, that God's in there with us through it all. And there's something that we can do about it. The enemy tries to come in during those times of hardship and he tries to convince us that we're powerless and we've got nothing, nothing that we can do about it. But the Word of God says that we should pray, and and God always has an answer. Um, and prayer is as simple as a, as a, is as simple as a dialogue between you and your Father. Um, and intercession is just an extension of your prayer life, and um, that's what we got to start to unpack tonight. So, um, and I also felt like you know, prayer and intercession is typically uh, seen as a women's sport. We we could we could call it that. Um, and I felt maybe there were some fellas out there that, um, you know, maybe are switched off or um, didn't see their purpose in this. But I wanted to encourage you, you know, prayer is part of the life of the believer. And, um, you know, we are called as men to take up the mantle of prayer and intercession just as much as anyone else. And, um, yeah, because it's part of the life of the believer. If you're a believer, you're called, we're called to pray and, and called to intercede. One of my favorite lines from Sarah tonight was that uh, you cannot separate prayer from prophecy you know we're all the bible says we're all called to prophesy so we're all called to pray so and it's definitely something that i'm seeking the lord for more as well because i know that it's available you know what i mean it's just available so we can have it um and if you don't feel like you want it maybe ask the lord to change your mind (laughs) because it is a gift and it's a gift from him so um yeah just want to remind you that God's best is for you and we look forward to seeing you next week and um, encourage you to practice, put into practice what uh, we've learned this week and um, yeah, just be blessed and empowered to prosper and we'll see you next week. See you, Zay.